Hello you lot. Welcome to episode 153 of Near Perfect Pitch. Yep, it's another show. It's time for another episode of Near Perfect Pitch. And I can tell you that this week you are going to be treated to an interview with Bradford at the end of the programme, which I'm really, really stoked about, as they say, on their surfboards and skateboards. Um, Ian Hodgson, uh, Ewan Butler and Stephen Street are going to be chatting at the end of the programme. And uh, the programme's brought to you by them, the... Um, Plain chocolate hobnob and the Garibaldi. And uh, those that know your biscuits just know. Now, I'll get into the contents of the programme in, in a few minutes. But uh, before I do, uh, it's, it's been a particularly shit year, hasn't it, really, by all accounts? Let's be honest. Uh, and there's been a litany of deaths, including Sean Connery this week. But one that really, really, really got me was the passing of Mr. James Broad, uh, the, the front man, the, the brains of the operation of Silver Sun, who was on the programme a few months ago, actually. Uh, just one of my heroes, a lovely, lovely man who sadly passed this Tuesday. Let's remember him, shall we? And here's a poignant song as penned by him. Thank you, Mr. James Broad, for all the lovely songs you wrote.
That's Wire, and that's off their self-titled and 14th LP. Uh, it took them 14 LPs to uh, deliver a self-titled one. That was released in 2015, and that was in Manchester that we just heard. And kicking off the programme, we, we lost James Broad this week of Silver Sun. What a gentleman and a scholar. What a lovely man, and what a brilliant songwriter as well. The king of power pop, essentially. And There Goes the Summer is a song that we just heard. And it's very apropos, isn't it? That's off uh, Neo Wave, Silver Sun's second LP, released in 1998. And the summer here, at least where I live, has quite promptly buggered off. Let's uh, let's tell you what uh, you can hear. If you're new to the programme, welcome. If you're not, welcome. Now, we usually have uh, an array of special features as I bite my tongue here. Um, now, let's go through them. Tune This is uh, this week. It's by The Music. We've got a hat trick this week, which is thematic. It's aromatic, actually. Uh, we've got uh, Cover Me, a cover version of the week, or Weekly Peel, our obligatory fall oh, track, which is our obligatory track by The Fall. And this week's Essential Wax, as brought to you by Everything Indie Over 40, is uh, the wonderful Home by Terry Hall. And then you've got the interview to look forward to at the end of the programme by Bradford. Amidst all this brilliance is a load of new releases, starting with this.
from Brooklyn. That's the lead track to 2019's Bigger Than Life. Never tell, that's blackmarble, blackmarble.bandcamp.com to follow them. Before that, a new release always by The Snuts. They're from West Lothian, they're magnificent. And you can follow them at thesnuts.co.uk. More marvellous stuff coming up. But all the songs are marvellous. All 31 of them this week. Um, Beyond the Reach of Your Mind, The Supersonic Scientist Sound by Professor Yaffle. That's what's up next, and it's rather magnificent. Uh, but I can also um, speed ahead and tell you some of the other new releases you're going to get your ears around in the next uh, couple hours or so. Uh, new music from Charlie Clark. Thrilled to be talking to him in the next few weeks. Charlie Clark is uh, the ex-frontman of Astrid, and uh, the new album is coming out on Alan McGee's 23 label. And uh, looking forward to that one. New music by Narcissus. Palm Trees in Moscow. Uh, Arrest Charlie Tipper. What else we got new for you this week? Oh yeah, BC Camplight, uh, some Moon Panda, and some Relay Tapes, amongst others I'm sure that I've forgotten.
Top bananas. That's "Don't Have a Cow Man" by Charlie Clark. Now, Charlie Clark used to be the uh, the front man of uh, of pop outfit Astrid, and is now signed to Alan McGee's Twenty Three Creation label. And he, we've been having some banter lately. I do believe actually that the, uh, the 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 playing right there was a world exclusive. 
sounds a bit grandiose, but I do believe it is. And Charlie hopefully will be on the programme either towards the end of this year, beginning of next, because the LP is slated for a release early next year, I believe. Now, uh, before that, we heard Beyond the Reach of Your Mind, the supersonic scientist sound by Professor Yaffle. Wonderful, they've been on the programme as well. Wonderful outfit they are, and uh, I do encourage you to pick up their stuff. What's next? It's time for this week's Tune This, one of our special features that we regularly, well, religiously, every week we, we feature. It's a, it's a tune for you to get the badminton racket out, sort of plant yourself in front of a mirror and make an absolute prat of yourself to a song that is construed to be, in popular lexicon, a banger.
Blighting stuff. That's the music. That's this week's tune. This that's uh, Getaway, their fifth single from 2002 self-titled debut, and they're from Leeds, and they're rather magnificent. Again, the music Getaway. This week's tune. This our first of several special features. A couple uh, in a row next before we get into another special feature. We're going to Baltimore now to hear something by an outfit called Palm Trees in Moscow.
Narcissus, they're from Manchester, they're on 42's records and that's Lost Causes, that's their latest release and before we heard Narcissus, what did we hear as I backtrack here? Oh yeah, we heard from Baltimore, didn't we? We heard palm trees in Moscow, shocked and delighted, facebook.com, palm trees in Moscow. Now it's time for another special feature. It's three in a row time. It's time for our hat trick. And uh, sometimes I've got a theme. Other times I haven't. This time I do. This one is aromatic. 
Yeah.
towards the sun I know you say that there's no one for you But here is one But here is
That's Liz Fraser with her, oh God, at the end of it. That's a quite beautiful, rare and unmastered, I should add, performance by Jeff Buckley and Liz Fraser. All flowers in time bend towards the sun. Never officially released, but that's the best version I've got to share with you. Uh, and that was a three in three three of three, rather, of the uh, aromatic hat-trick, and that uh, qualifies for aroma by virtue of the song being called All Flowers in Time Bend Towards the Sun. Before that, Perfume by the Milltown Brothers, or just Milltown Brothers without the, the that's off 2015's The Long Road, and kick things off with Paris Angels, their second single on Pure Joy Records from 1990. That's uh, Perfume, Loved Up. What's up next? What can I tell you? Oh yes, Arrest Charlie Tipper. And then after that is this week's cover version of the week. This week's Cover Me is by Luna. And they're having a crack at some television. But before that, as I mentioned, Arrest Charlie Tipper.
struck itself
lightning struck itself I was listening, listening to the rain Well, that's this week's Cover Me. That's Luna, Luna luna.bandcamp.com. That's their new single. It's uh, Marquee Moon, as done by television, of course, originally. And uh, all 10 minutes and 31 seconds of it. And that's this week's Cover Me. Before that, Arrest Charlie, tipper off the brand new LP entitled Red. That's a tune called The 93%. Now it's time to go all the way back to 1988.
the Lathams yeah the Lathams and and that's off their super mega rare WEP which uh, came out in a run of a hundred first come first serve through Twitter and then a, a second run of a hundred I believe all the tracks are on Spotify but if you're one of the uh, 200 people to have the CD like myself fair flipping play to you this is the hardest of their songs to get hold of it's called Happy Little accidents again the lathams and you're going to hear lots you already have done but you can hear lots more from them moving forward and before that from 88 on sarah records very very depressing i'm in love with a girl who doesn't know i exist by another sunny day and by the way the name of that uh, ep that's as rare as unicorn poo by the lathams is called uh, up fuck latum here's uh, a bit of hanya with a tune called texas
full of nameless It's got a name, but I prefer to call it nameless Comes and goes and leaves me on a bed of splinters Feels like I'm living in a town closed down for winter Terry Hall, Terry Hall off the album Home, which is this week's Essential Wax, as brought to you by our friends at Everything Indie Over 40, a music community unlike any other. I think they're fab. Join them because you'll be uh, involved in polls, opinion pieces, tons of banter, and you will be uh, exposed to lots of stuff that uh, you'd forgotten about and are grateful that you've been re-reminded of. And it's just a wonderful community. So join them, Everything Indie over 40. Now, they bring to you each and every week the Essential Wax feature on Near Perfect Pitch. This week, Home from 1994, the first proper solo LP by Terry Hall, X Specials, X Colourfield, Terry Blair and Anushka, etc., etc. But his first solo album proper, as I said, uh, on Anxious Records, produced by Ian Brody. The majority of the LP was written with uh, Craig Gannon, who's most famous, well, probably, for uh, being the uh, the fifth 
Smith, if you like. And lots of the songs were written in collaboration with the likes of Ian Brody, who produced it. Uh, that's uh, Heat of the Lightning Seeds, of course. XTC's Andy Partridge, Nick Hayward of Haircut 100. And uh, Damon of Blur is a collaborator on one of the, the songs with his time at the Colourfield, uh, in addition to a tune called Chasing a Rainbow, which is uh, on the reissue of the LP that came out in 1995. Now, what's next? One more song of this rather delicious record. Let's hear a tune called Forever J, the second single. Isabel, a Johnny, she glides by upon a bank of violets with those eyes that see it all and then she smiles like a bee with honeyed thighs, a living hell of slides of heaven. She is Jacob and hide every truth and every she holds a candle to my shame I take everything but blame When it comes to naming names I'll name Jay Forever Jay Certain coy and hard to please She kisses me through gritted teeth But when I'm she whispers dreams She says somewhere You know Mel Gibson But that's okay Today could be your lucky day And I collapse into a heap She's a bee with hunted thighs A living hell of slides Of heaven She's good, she's bad, it makes me mad She's all I'll never have She holds a candle to my shame I take everything but blame When it comes to naming names I'll name Jay
lead track to 92's trains, boats and planes. That's the Frank and Walters on Satanta Records. This is not a song. And that was preceded by Forever J, the second single to be pulled off uh, 1994's Home LP by Terry Hall, our Essential Wax this week. And uh, that's another special feature tucked away quite nicely. And before we heard Sense, which was the first track we heard by Terry Hall, I forgot to go into a little bit more detail about the song called Texas by Hanya that was uh, played after the Latham's track, Happy Little Accidents. The track by Hanya, indeed, called Texas. It is their latest single. They're from Brighton, and you can snag their material at hanyaband.bandcamp.com. Now, it's time for the Water Boys. One, two, three, four... He's brought down the rain And the Indian summer is through In the morning you'll be following Your trail again, fair play to you You ain't calling me to join you And I'm spoken for anyway But I will cry when you go away I'll cry when you go away Your beauty is familiar And your voice is like a key It opens up my soul And torches up a fire inside of me Your coat is made of magic And around your table angels play I will cry when you go away I will cry when you go away And the night is very young I've some to say and I've more to tell And the words will soon be spelling from my tongue I'll rave and I will ramble I'll do everything but make you stay And I will cry when you go away I will cry when you go away
This week's obligatory fall oh, is taking off of Ersatz GB, the 28th LP by The Fall. Another special feature, done and dusted. Before that, 88 was the year. Fisherman's Blues was the uh, LP. And When You Go Away was the song. Next, off the debut LP, Stereo Musicale, from 1992. Blind Mr. Jones. Turning 
This week's Weekly Peel, that's from February 26th, 1980, that's Texas Midnight Runners, of course, and uh, their Peel session, Gino, another special feature, out of the way, leaving only one, really, which is the interview feature at the end of the programme with Bradford, and uh, you should stay tuned for that, lots of great banter with Ian, Ewan and Stephen. So, um, by the way, actually, um, you've heard of the new Fast Automatic Daffodils, haven't you, new fads? Andy Spearpoint is on next show. So the show after this, you can tune in and hear a delightful interview with myself and Andy Spearpoint. But don't forget, this show is far from over right now. We've got about another eight or nine songs to play for you. And the interview, as I've mentioned, with Bradford. Now, what's coming up next? We've got lined up some uh, Shed 7. Shed 7. This is um, a single from 1988. <laughs>
show. Manchester's BC Camplight off the latest LP shortly after takeoff. BC Camplight.bandcamp.com. And that's called Cemetery Lifestyle. And preceding that was Shed 7 with Devil in Your Shoes, a single from 1998. Uh, very close to the end of the programme where you'll be treated to three songs by Bradford, two oldies and one off the forthcoming new LP out early next year entitled Bright Hours. So stay tuned, that's coming up in just a matter of minutes. Uh, but next up, we're going to hear something off the brand new Make Well EP by Denmark's Moon Panda. Moonpanda.bandcamp.com Dot com is where you can find them. And this is a particular song called Rick Fucking Dalton.
Relay tapes. Shorediverecords.bankup.com. That's off the early morning abstract EP. That's called Dream Color. 
And before we heard that, we heard Moon Panda. They're from Denmark and off their Make Well EP. We heard Rick fucking Dalton and Moon Panda bandcamp.com to keep abreast of all things that pertain to them. Next up, Gerard Loves Band from Teenage Fan Club. They're called Lightships. And here's a, a remix from 2012, a Sonic Boom remix of Every Blossom.
Brilliant stuff by Bradford. Green and Peasant Land from Shouting Quietly. They're uh, only proper LP, if you like. And uh, But if you do want more, you can go to bradfordukbadcamp.com and snag everything they've ever done on one LP. One-stop shop. It's gorgeous. And you can snag everything on uh, this particular 30 Years of Shouting Quietly page where you can get... 30 songs jam-packed full of brilliance bradfantastic stuff the new album is coming out it's called bright hours and that's not going to be out until the beginning of next year however um i've got one song the single to play for you but that's not going to be right now what i'm going to do is i'm going to go over to uh, myself and a chat with ian ewan and uh, Stephen. before i do i'll let you know what we heard before we heard green and peasant land by bradford we heard every blossom the sonic boom remix that's light ships that's gerard loves band from uh, teenage fan club burningbungalow.bandcamp.com to keep 
uh, track of all things that go on in his world. Not been uh, much activity of late, to be truthful. Now, over to myself, and then uh, when we finish with the interview, we're going to play two more songs by Bradford to wrap up the programme. Enjoy it. I know you will. Yeah, so how, how are things? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it's quite a buzz now to kind of finally get these tracks, re- or get a track released. Um, and obviously the album's coming out early next year, but we uh, we got played on the BBC Radio 6 last night, which was quite a nice buzz. Yes, yes, I saw that. That's 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 some nice pre-buzz for, for, for a yeah, change. Yeah, so uh, I've just got to hope, I mean, you know, it's the same. Uh, this day and age, there's so many releases every week, you know, anyone can release a track. So... You know, just being on Spotify or whatever is, is not enough. You know, I mean, it's great that everyone can load a track on Spotify and release it, but it's like finding a needle in a haystack now, you know. So um, it's good to kind of get kind of filtered out, as it were, and played by national radio, you know. Well, it's, you know, the days are long gone whereby one could rely upon the music press, which, of course, you're... you're eminently well versed in with, with, with your with your CV in terms of the, you know, the music that you worked on you could see in turn the the media machine that was behind those releases that could push them forth yeah, um, yeah. you know the industry I used to be in it myself has of course now been decimated whereby the hierarchy that we're used to there are so many intermittent steps that have a been removed but now there's more reliance upon the DIY aspects of, of the artists themselves to actually have a bit of marketing nows or to employ some marketing nows to be able to, yeah. to to push it through. Because as you say, it's not like every Monday on release day there was there was a tangible amount of releases where you could actually take your take your wallet down there and spend your money accordingly. Right. Now it's, yeah. now it seems to be Friday's digital inundation release day, right. <laughs> and you just can't keep up, can you? Exactly, exactly. So what is it you're doing, Dan? What exactly is it you're working on these days? Well, me personally, I mean, I'm in marketing for, uh, for audio video, but my, my background is, is marketing in the music industry. But I do this podcast because um, I can't not do this podcast because there's so much music out there that I unearth. Uh, the, the, the single premise of the podcast is, 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 is to share music and, and, to, share, and oh. to share the likes of uh, music by by artists who I believe deserve and need more prominence, um, especially in this hyper competitive landscape that we have. I mean, I've, I've got no aversion to paying something by Noel Gallagher, but does Noel really need a, li- a little bit of a shot in the arm? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, how, how long have you been running these, this podcast then? Well, the podcast's been going on for about uh, three plus years, but it used to be, uh, before that, it used to be an actual radio show called Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps. Uh, oh, I remember. Think, yeah. yeah, and and that, and that got that that got sort of uh, pushed to the way uh, to, to the side because of because of work commitments. I couldn't couldn't commit to live radio, and then there was a bit of a hiatus where you know you still you still buy records and you're still uh, precious and anal about record collecting, but that didn't really have any uh, didn't really have a forum by which to share. But then then I, I, I actually I went to a funeral in Edinburgh and someone said to me it was just one of those epiphany moments is why don't you just go and do a podcast and just say, it doesn't matter who's listening it's one person or a hundred thousand people just just go out, get out there and, and see what you can do organically and as a result it's it's gained momentum and uh, I, I I tried very very hard and I don't know what you're like Stephen but but when when you um, when you listen to the radio and you might hear something even on six who are very very thorough. You hear a song, and, and no one tells you a blind thing about that song. About it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I notice that more and more these days. You know, the, the DJs want to talk about, you know, 
else, whether it be the weather or something, I don't know. But so how does it work the copy, copyright wise? I mean, like when you know, like when you play something, do you have to pay a royalty to the artist or because I know sometimes people can some podcasts have been closed down because of that, haven't they? I mean, they're not being you're absolutely right, Steve. You're absolutely right. What's, the Wild West is very great, very, very great. Right. Um, to, to be perfectly truthful, um, it, it, is, it is a bit of a crapshoot. I've been doing this for so long that now labels and artists are now approaching me, so I very rarely bump into a bone of contention. However, right. having said that, if somebody did take umbrage with what you do and they were sufficiently vitriolic about it, they could probably take you down. It could, yeah, right. Okay. But the but the very fact that yeah. I'm not some empire making yeah. money. I mean, I, I I don't make a penny out of this. This is purely. Well, of course, you do it for the love of it. Yeah, yeah. So so I think if I were making money, I think I would ruffle more feathers. But the yeah. the the fact that I'm not, it's an innocuous way for them to 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 get some extra promotion. I would expect is how they yeah. they they see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've no idea where the where the gents are. Uh, well, I think they should be here in a minute. I, uh, I don't know. Have they not triggered anything at all? No, no. I've, I've invited, them, invited them to the chat, but it's, it's. I guess uh, there's, there's uh, Ian's round Ewan's place. I think today is that right? Yeah, they're together. They're working together. Yeah. Well, we'll see. They'll, they'll join. They'll join when they join. I just don't want to, you know, du duplicate myself with, with 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 questioning. But of course, I mean, your arrival. Now, your, your your career is something I followed, and and this this is not some some sycophant rant, but um, I'm sure you get this when you're down the pub and people bump into you. But you produce some of my favourite records, and and, and 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 well, and it's it's the god's honest truth, and your repertoire is amazing. And, and when I learned that you'd been imported into into the new into the new Bradford, I said to myself, okay, what does this mean in Stephen's um, life trajectory? Because this is a commitment, of course, to, to commit to a band. It's not like being there willy-nilly playing the tambourine whenever they need you for a live gig. It's it's a commitment. And uh, and what does that mean in in terms of uh, your other parallel ventures and, 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 and production work, etc.? Because this commitment is obviously going to take away uh, a certain uh, component of your greater pie. Uh, pie. You're gonna, this is a big piece of the pie that you're committing to here. Well, I, yeah. Well, we're not planning to go off and do like any kind of six-month national tour or anything like that. So <laughs> it's very much a studio-type project, really. So that kind of suits me in that respect. Right. Um, just felt like when when the guys first sent me a couple of songs last year to listen to, they were obviously working around in Newham's home studio. And for one, I mean, I've always loved Ian's lyrics and his poetry. You know, they're fantastic. And, and I really felt that. It was kind of karma in a way. I thought I, I really felt well. These are really good songs. Potentially, obviously, I need they need someone to come in and really help them finish it off to the standard required. But there's some really good ideas there too. Hmm. So I was thinking, well, look, rather than working at you hiring me and me being producer mixer and, and it's, it's and you know, obviously you know you haven't got you know the money you've got a label backing or whatever. Why don't we just form a team? Why don't we just say we are Team Bradford working on this together? So I will happily become a member of the band, and what we'll do, we'll make it really simple, we'll just split everything three ways, we'll work on this record together and become the new lineup of Bradford, because so much time has passed anyway. That, yeah. You know, it's, it's not as if we're stepping on someone else's toes or anything like that. So it just felt like it was the right and obvious thing to do, really, um, you know, uh, because we all felt like we were putting it together for the greater good, i.e. to produce a new Bradford record. Yes. You know? And... Um, 
Honestly, I, you know, I, I've got links with them mostly because they were signed to my label. You know, I had a label. Yeah, foundation, yeah. Um, so it just felt like a nice way of resurrecting the foundation label one more time for a release. And uh, it just feels good that, you know, we've actually done something. Um, you know, these guys have got day jobs. I mean, you know, Ewan works, I think, in a psychiatric ward or something. You know, bless him. He works really, really hard hours, you know, yeah. doing that. And he's trained to do that. So to take the time out and do this, it's purely for the love, you know? Yeah. Obviously, I've, I've been involved in making music and recording, as you know, as a career. So, you know, uh, that's what I do. But for these guys, for them to go back in and bother writing music and recording again, they're doing it purely for the love. And I kind of like that. I thought it was a nice, it was a nice thing to kind of get involved with, uh, like kind of brothers coming back together again. Yes. And forming this kind of kinship, you know, to finish this project. and. And that's what we've done, and and it, you know, so I said, yeah, let's keep it that we are, you know, we are the new line Bradford, and we'll just see how how it goes from from here. Well, I like what you said there because it, you said finishing the project, you know, alluding to the fact that it is an unfinished project in itself, and this unfinished business for Bradford is essentially the yeah, sentiment yeah. here, because yeah. you know, you, you know, when you arrived, you arrived with. Uh, you know, when you, I, I can't call you you back in the day, but when, when Bradford arrived, um, it was to some fairly decent critical acclaim. It wasn't massive fanfare, but but the tenure was so brief. Before you could almost get into Bradford, Bradford had gone. Uh, and then Manchester came along and, and slowly dissipated what, what momentum you'd gained. And it was, it was a real shame because it became sort of unflavour of the month. Uh, and... It must have been a very hard pill to swallow, um, and of course you can you can answer that question in your in your context. But sure. uh, but it, it's it, it, trying to join us actually. Uh, um, Ewan is so, saying, hold on, website Ewan. Sorry, oh, it's doing. Let me just. Uh, I've, I've added him. I've just added him now, so he should be joining us. Okay. I'm calling um, him calling him right now, Stephen, so he should be picking up and then joining us. And you've got his address though, yeah? Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's the his email address, isn't it? It's saying is it's saying that, that Ewan Butler is unavailable. So um I've got his uh yeah, 'cause it's his it's his name underscore uh surname at uh, blah 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 blah. So it's just one of those things where technology is, is letting us down miserably. Um, but I am, I can assure you, I'm calling his uh, his Skype moniker. Oh, there's a cat there. There you go. I just got accosted by, just got accosted by mine. I'm surprised you didn't see mine. <laughs> They're so annoying. They always want to get in front of the screen when you're doing something. Well, it's just a half, they seem to think that the, 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 the keyboard is a chaise, chaise long or something, you know. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with the guys. I'm not sure. What, I wish I could, uh, I wish I could... Uh, I'm, okay. I'm emailing him a link and let's see if see if he can join us that way. Um, what annoyance! Um, I may have to uh, call him independently at this point. But uh, do you want to end this and then we'll come back to and then you send an invitation to both of us to join you again? Would that help? I don't know. I mean, I don't have. I don't tend to use Skype very much. So. Yeah, I just use. I use it on occasion because I think it was suggested that I used it yeah, for no, this. I but mean, uh, what? Do, I mean, I, I can continue to chat with you if you want to just drop. Uh, just drop you in a line while while we're chatting, saying I will. I'll, I'll I'll just chat with him separately after this, and I'll stitch them together. Okay. That'd be fine. Then I get then I get sort of two two courses of. Uh, it's two interviews for the price of one. That's what it is. <laughs> 
I'm just trying to work it. He's asking me to send him an invite, but I don't even know how to do that on here. But I only, I, you know, I, 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 can, I can do that. Uh, invite more people. Yeah, add to this group. Does it work? Conversation. Isn't it? We've got, we've got two. Well, I've got someone who knows he's way behind the behind the soundboard like no other. You've got someone here who's in, in technology marketing, and we can't add somebody to a <laughs> Skype call. It's it's, it's maddening. I, I feel I, honestly, I feel like my father when he calls me saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't know what's going on with this Zoom call. I don't know how to do anything." Um, I've I've added him numerous times, and I've absolutely even if okay. If you could tell him, I um, I've just emailed him a link. Yeah, just. Uh... And the link, he should be able to click this link, and he's on. He's in, he's in business. So, um, I've just sent him an email. All he has to do is double click the link, and he's joining our conversation. There you go. So, um, back back to you, sir. I, I wanted to ask you also. Um, we we talked about you know, the the shift in 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 bringing it bringing a record to, to to market with with this DIY no no record company behind you. Even when you had foundation, you had an infrastructure. You had a you had a you had a hierarchy whereby how you would release a record had, had a a degree of a template attached to it. There you go. Hello, Hi. gentlemen. Hello. How are you? Sorry, about that. technical problems. Well, it's okay. Steve and I have been talking and bemoaning the fact that we, well, I've got a, I've got a production genius here, and I've got someone in marketing here in, te in the technology sector, and we couldn't figure out how to add two gentlemen to a Skype call. But, we, <laughs> but, 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 but we've since figured it out. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, I like it, What's that behind you? What's behind me? Oh, that, the, the, the thing behind me, that's just the, the, the logo of the, of the program. I thought it was a massive. You're sat on a massive record, kind of. Thing. Yeah, it is. The record's the the logo, and uh, it's it's, oh, re it's really hi it's really hi highlighting my awfully poor hair because it's <laughs> first thing in the morning here, gentlemen. And uh, where, where are you ringing from? I'm ringing from Canada. I'm ringing from the east coast of Canada, the capital Ottawa. Uh, oh, and and uh, so, but the show <clears throat> the show the show is international, and uh, we have we have listenership all over God's green earth, and. Um, you are a firm favourite on the programme, so I'm delighted to be talking to you. Stephen Stephen has given so much of, of, of the background of the LP and his involvement, and the very fact that Stephen is involved must be an, an immense joy because he's been this... Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say Stephen Street is an appendage. God knows, but but he's been an he's been uh, he's been an essential appendage band member anyway. So might as well make it official. And, and now that Stephen was saying that. You're very much a studio entity, at least for the time being. It makes intrinsic sense that it's a it's a it's a triple a triple joint venture, if you like. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it it is a strange thing because um, I think it's going back in time. Um, the relationship. Well, I've always felt that um, it, it, Stephen's input was um, far more than just somebody. You know, like when you think of producers traditionally, somebody who does something for a band and then the band goes off and, and promotes it and that's the end of the story. But because we were, um, Stephen signed us to his label and the way we worked on the first album, Shouting Quietly Together, there was a great deal of creative input because um, we were a young band and a lot of the songs were shaped in the studio, I would say. <clears throat> Excuse me, particularly songs like Radio Edna. Yeah. More, more from your house, really, Stephen, wasn't it? Because you did have a, 
Of course, Chrome's did a reason by lending. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I mean, obviously, the setup I've got now is a proper, you know, recording setup, so um, we can, um, you know, finish things properly. But I think where you ate them, we started, yeah, there's a little demo in my upstairs um, bedroom. That's true. Didn't we? I think right. <laughs> but, uh, now, I was saying to Nardo how it just felt so natural to come back together and kind of, it felt like it was a kind of a karmic moment to kind of come back together and, you know, work on this new material. Yeah, and as um, and sometimes it's just a timing thing. I mean, as you as you alluded to, Dar, you know, for the band originally back in the nineties when the Manchester thing came along, you know, everything just changed, and you know, songs that were kind of, you know, lyrically sensitive or or, or particularly profound, or whatever, kind of weren't really needed anymore. The groove was more important, you know, yes. and that really wasn't what Bradford were about. So it just was unfortunate timing, really. Whereas this time around, I think there is, I think, you know, I think there is a, a, a kind of, a, not, I hate to say the word market, it sounds terrible, but I think there is a market for the kind of thing that we're working on, you know, yeah, uh, I really do. A, crafted, a crafted pop song is very much on vogue now. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying you're going to be uh, entering the charts with a bullet, that's not what I'm saying at all, but the audience is there. I think chaps like myself and, 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 uh, and, and women like myself who have, been, been brought up with the likes of yourself uh, and the genre of music are, are more than happy to welcome you back because there seems to be a, a real dearth at the moment of, of quality written uh, penned, penned songs, to be perfectly frank. And you know, I, I, you know, when you're talking along the lines of Pat Fish and the Jazz Butcher and you, you're talking about Bradford, th these, these, are the, th these are the bars that I like to use as the, the, the comparison by which everybody else has to be rated against. Uh, and, and it's just a pleasure to be talking to people who actually craft, craft, craft songs. Uh, and, and by that I mean you can pick up an acoustic, which of course I can't because I'm about as, about as musical as a breeze block, but you could pick up a, a guitar or a piano and any and all of your songs are conducive to that. That to me is the acid test. And, and, and I, I, I still marvel in the old works. The old, the old record is wonderful. And I'm, I, like many people, are very, very keen more than keen to hear anything and everything that we can above and beyond like water because like water is uh it's almost it's almost cruel because you released it a little bit too early you've got to wait too long for the flipping album but uh, it is it is it what's the methodology and the reasoning behind the choice of of of, of water uh, to, to 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 get the ball rolling gosh that was what you always uh use really um, in so much that you, you've done an album and me personally as a songwriter they're all my children if you will you know I, 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 I kind of start them off originally and then they grow into a record a record is something far different than a song and you and Stephen are, are the craft people which make these basic songs if you will into a into something listenable and interesting and a, and a journey and um, so when you first do, when you first play them all, it's not always apparent. Um, it's like a race, if you will, of horses. Yep. You've got song and horses. You have no idea which one's going to um, start pegging forwards as you go on with those um, songs, if yeah, you will. Yeah. And, and you start <laughs> to get to work with them. Some which you think are, are really great, perhaps aren't as great as the finished product. And other songs start to shine more. And it's a really strange thing. And I think Light Water was, was particularly one which just ended up just 
growing into this, um, I don't know, something which we thought was a good representation of where we're at now. You know, it's very yeah, good. I mean, in fact, it was the last song that you sent down to me. Was it? Oh, yes. Yeah. By the way, does, does it sound okay now? I've just plugged the microphone in. Does that sound better for you, Dara? It, yeah, it's, it's, it's marginally better, but noticeably better. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's all good. Um, you sound great. Uh, yeah, but that was the last song, in fact, the guy sent down to me. Mm. And it seemed, it, when I heard it, I kind of, I started working on it, uh, and I was really excited because I felt like to me that the original songs that the guys had sent, some of the, there were a couple of songs that sounded a little bit like old Bradford, and this was like what I regarded as the new Bradford. Oh, okay. It wasn't quite so kind of. Um, gung-ho, guitar-driven, straightforward pop rock song. It was much more, there's a little bit more depth to it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we're kind of happiest, you know, with the songs that are on the album, because yeah. they're the ones we've picked to go on the album, because I think it, it, it portrays, it portrays, you know, the, 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 where we are now, or where the band are, are now. So, uh, do, uh, do you agree with that, guys? I mean, yeah. it was... Yeah, it's yeah. all yeah. yeah. Well, just, um, just wondering, you know, because, I mean, Bright Hours... So and bring me Identify. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Uh, There's a bit of a delay. I talked over you. Uh, I was saying about Stephen doing a great job in kind of identifying themes that needed to be brought out in the music and areas to concentrate and others to kind of put slightly to the background. And I mean, we did end up losing kind of one track, which rightly so, looking back with hindsight. Yeah. Because I think the 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 album mixed together so well, and it. It doesn't miss that track, even though it was, it was a nice track. But um, I think it just there is a much more mature theme than out of music, right? Which I think really made a massive difference to helping us identify that and hone in on the bits that need to be brought out, brought through. You know. Well, that's that's one of his talents, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Incredible talent. I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I, I actually listened to. The album again last night. I indulged myself. My wife was away with the in-laws, so I sat there with a gin, you know, put it on, and, nice. um, and it was just like, I, it, yeah. There's a lot of craft there, which is uh, without blowing too much smoke up everyone's joint. So much um, craft which people bring to it, you know, the little touches from a basic song and how it actually becomes. A, a record and a story, and yeah. a sonic, so interesting. And there's there's a lot of that on this album. It's a real crafted thing, and we're really hoping that people um, can enjoy it uh, as a as a as a real listening experience. And one of those albums which grows as well. Yes. You know, the albums. Uh, some albums are immediate, and then you get, or some songs are immediate, and then afterwards the other <coughs> stuff comes through. And I think I think hopefully this album, the Bright Hours album has enough to keep people interested through a period of time. You know, it's got longevity. It's got I'm sure it's going to be as sustainable as, as, as the previous works because you have an uncanny knack to be able to lyrically encapsulate people. Um, I, I would hasten to say that, that there's going to be no issue whatsoever. I'm, I'm really curious about the sequencing of the LP because it sounds to me... Like, I mean, Steve, Stephen has done this his whole career, and I'm sure has been involved in this process, but the, 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 the idea of an LP as a whole entity has yeah. seem, seems to have gone by the wayside. Uh, it seems to be a very, uh, an almost rare 
lost art form. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making the, the real assumption here that you have eschewed all that nonsense, you've stuck to your guns, you've sequenced the record. Now, is, is the record, uh, how many, first of all, how many tracks is, 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 are on their LP, and where, where does the single reside in the sequencing on, on, on the LP? Well, this is track one. Yeah, felt there you go. Statement. We really did. We kind of, yeah. as I say, it's the last track to be finished. Yeah. But it felt to me like it was, it just felt it was the uh, a great introduction as to where Bradford are now. Mm. And in fact, the second track is the second single, which is a track called Down Face Stole. And the reason why we've done this is because, obviously, after being away for so very long, if you're just putting an album out without kind of building up a bit of a profile before you do that, the album's just going to disappear. So we made this kind of concerted uh, kind of effort to go back to like we used to do in the old days, you know, they release at least two singles before the album comes mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just dropping an album and saying, here it is, come out and listen to it. So this is why we're holding it back. We want to build up, we want to build up the, the profile again of the band and, and, and the only way to do that is to release a track, give it a bit of time, let it kind of do its thing and then release another one. And then we'll do one more just literally two weeks before the album comes out proper. And that is just kind of, I, I, it, it might be an old-fashioned way of doing it, but the same, in the same breath, it's also what you have to do now to get your head above water on, on social media. You know, you have to. You have to. You're absolutely right. I mean, you, I, I, I do this kind of stuff for a living, but not in music. And to, to gain that initial momentum is a necessary evil, whether you want to do it or not. Whether you want to have that teaser single, well, you still need that teaser single. And you still yeah. need that, that modicum of momentum to push you over the edge uh, once, once, once the LP hits. So, uh, so there's going to be another, another single to, to tease pre, pre-LP release. I would imagine that's going to come out, what, sort of pre-Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have another single coming out early November. That's the plan anyway. Right. And then the album, we're looking at the album coming out in February. So I think it'll be a single late January, just so we can, so the publicity around that can also benefit the album release as well. That's marvellous. That's marvellous. I'm I'm really looking forward to this, as are several other people. I wanted to ask you also... um, as I haven't seen an awful lot of this, and I think it's very, very important, especially because I've been harping on about the importance of sequencing an album, and people listening to the program know that I'm a real stickler for this stuff, as I am for lossless audio, and they get tired of me harping on about this, and artists like yourself go to these immense lengths to, 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 to record all these wonderful nuances. Why on earth wouldn't you want to hear everything, right? Um, so I, I get kind of uh, kind of wound up somewhat when people people want to listen to compressed audio and and, and, and skip corners. But where I was going with was the whole aesthetic package was um, artwork wise. That's very much a part of the whole package, especially when you're talking to, with all due respect to you three, four older older fellas in a conversation who remember. Uh, release day and, 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 and flipping through bins and, and, and going through your pockets to see what you could afford to buy. Uh, oftentimes, you were roped in by the aesthetic of, of a twelve-inch, sure. uh, like like a like a four AD, like a like a Vaughan Oliver, or, or being a blatant yeah. example, or something yeah. some, something on a factory label or creation label. So, and and I always found your artwork to be impelling, impelling yet not thematically consistent like the Smiths per se, but it really evokes the feeling that a lot of thought has gone into that that, that cover, regardless of how many records you, you, you've sold or, or professed to be able to sell. True. Yeah, I, I would say um, regarding that, um, particularly, I mean, 
you and then Steve would run a tight ship, I would say. You know what I mean? There's no slack. And, and we've had plenty of conversations about the quality of pictures and what should be representers and even going down to, can we have that font a little bit more caramelly, please? You know what I mean? Because that can for detail, yeah. which I think produces um, yeah. strong point. You know, this is, translates itself into um, looking at album sleeves, looking at pictures, and uh, and that was brought to the um, the pictures which we chose for the, the album uh, as well. Um, a, a long, drawn-out process. It wasn't just anything... Mm. All, we, we went through a deep process of uh, election and then adjusting because we wanted to thematically uh, represent, you know, what, what the music's yeah. about, like, with a little bit of mystery in there and referencing it as well. For example, uh, without spoiling anything, on the back cover is a picture of Brighton Pier, oh. uh, about Pier, and there's a song called Present Day Array, which was written about being in Brighton. So it kind of references that. So if you listen to the lyric, it references the burnt out beer and you'll get that picture. And it's kind of, hopefully, it's a whole, it's a whole package, you know. Well, I, I, I would hasten to say that I expect nothing less because I'm just doing something, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of multitasking here as I'm, as I, without rifling through my own records, I'm going on to Discogs. And and I'm and I'm looking at uh, at the aesthetic of 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 the sequence releases that you've got, and I love everything about in Liverpool or Drift Again. Skinstorm is just a, it's just a, a seminal album uh, EP cover, and then of course, uh, Shouting Quietly is something that you could never ignore in, in in a bin because it was just so uniquely tastefully done, and I'm. I'm I'm very glad that you've paid time, attention, detail to, you know, because the majority of sales will be digital. And, you know, I see the album cover in my, in my iTunes or my iPlayer or wherever it might be. It's still important to me. And I think it is still yeah, important yeah. to a lot yeah, of I people. Yeah, I mean, this is it. But the, I think the standard that we set in the past with the artwork was high. And we wanted to definitely not mm. drop from that if we could. And you're quite, quite correct. I mean, obviously, the majority of people are going to just be listening to it digitally and blah, blah, blah. But I think... But man's as such of us of a certain age, or whatever, and it, it is beginning to change. Uh, there's going to be, I think, yeah, vinyl sales are creeping up. I mean, they were completely flat on the ground, and so when people go, oh, it's, it's gone up six hundred percent, well, that's not, that's not, that's not too difficult when they were selling actually nothing. <laughs> yes, but but there yeah, yeah. is definitely a, a demand. I mean, I must admit, I'm buying more vinyl than I've done for years. Yeah. I mean, I bought the last year. I think I bought more vinyl in the last year than I bought in the previous two decades. Wow. So, and, and I think, uh, and I think that's a growing trend. I mean, I've actually got a little record shop near me that's actually doing really damn well. Yeah. Know? And so, what we're hoping is that you know, if we bring out our, our record and we're going to package it beautifully, yes, and it's going to look great, that, that when they go out to those those kind of discerning record shops around the country and around Europe and hopefully in Canada and America too, they will sell. And if they sell, because we are the label and we are the band, hopefully, you know, it will actually be cost-effective and worthwhile, you know. Yes. So, you know, it will pay for itself because, you know, obviously there's going to be the initial setup of printing the vinyl and the sleeves of and course. everything. But uh, that's something we're really keen about. I, think, I don't think we'd be so excited about putting this record out unless it actually did come out in some kind of physical format. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm a stickler for that, if, if, if at all I can. 
I mean, um, when you when you collect a lot of music and, and you and as as I do, there are some there are some bands that you just absolutely have to have physical physical commodities for. It, it's just a yeah. sin not to have teenage yeah. fan clubs uh, uh, the discography on you know in, in a physical format. Yeah. Uh, but there are others whereby just by keeping up, you make concessions digitally. Lossless digital, I'll hasten to say, Stephen, which is which is fine. But but this there's something that, that's missing to me that generationally my kids have got absolutely no idea about, and that's they will just wantonly walk past my wall of records and and CDs as if it's invisible because there's yeah. no there's no resonance for them, and 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 you know, their their points of cultural reference are so different to ours. Yeah. Where I'm going with this is I'm hoping, as a result of, of, of the new record, that you, you can gain a new fan base, not just going back to the well to old gits like me who love you, but I want, I want, I, I want for you the ability to showcase your wares. You know, that's, where, that's where a Spotify comes in, whereby algorithms can help you. Uh, yeah, sure. So I, I would just love for, you, for yourself, because I know that, that it's a labour of love for you. You, you all work... You know, you know. Well, Stephen, Stephen has a little bit of a side gig, but I know you are the two um, <laughs> work work hard uh, in, in other jobs, and this is something that's, that's eminently important to you. Uh, it, it is your baby, and and I, I, I'm just so happy to be a, a, a minuscule part of this conversation because this has been a long time coming, and and when I learned of of, of Stephen's sort of involvement with you guys. It just seemed like this this harmonious sort of production synergy and empathy, which which so many bands strive for. You have organically now, so you've got something that the vast majority of bands dream yeah, of. Yeah, it, it was it felt completely natural. Uh, that's all, and it, it wouldn't have happened otherwise. You know, there's, there's, we would never try to cajole the force. You know, Stephen to, to be involved in any way when he wouldn't want to. That we just wanted to be involved in it, you know, and it, it happened. And just, just harking back to the vinyl thing, I mean, yes. I first time I bought my first uh, record, which was Strange Town, in that, um, the jam, and going home on the bus with it, you know, holding it. I bought that very same single the day of release, and I remember yeah. uh, the, yeah. the, the, the dark, the dark, dismal cover, yeah. the feeling of loneliness, amazing. Yeah, and you're on the bus with it, it cost me 65 pence from Walmart, and uh, yeah. you've got it, Clutch to your chest. Yes. And wait till you get home, can you? No, you can't. Drop the needle. Yeah, and then you play it about 20 times and then you flip it over, don't you? Yeah. And start to get, get grips with a butterfly collector. Which is which is their best song. Yeah, man. <laughs> but it's so important, isn't it? And it's like a hunky dory. Well, I'm going to show you something. This is my this is my copy of um, the start of the Spider from Mars. This smoking. is the first album I bought my, with my own pocket money. That's brilliant, and it's mint, Stephen. I've still got it, and you can see like the inside. Like I've got sellotape holding the inner bag together because <laughs> it came through. But I cherished it. This is like gold to me. I would never get rid of. It. Yes. This is the second same record that I played when I was twelve years old. It's beautiful. And I own it, you know. And and this yeah. means something. And I think that's the thing that kids have just got a Spotify playlist and never going to appreciate. No, I fear it's lost forever, though, gents. Oh, in the in the demise to some extent of the kind of music culture that we enjoyed during our younger years. You know, it wasn't just about being able to listen to something virtually, virtually, instantaneous. So just it, it, it was. 
It was about having a whole package, wasn't it? It was an effort. It was an effort, um, wasn't it? And you educated yourself, didn't you? I mean, like when you play, yeah. Yeah, all these extra things that don't exist anymore. Yeah, around the medium, the musical experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was talking to Stephen about. Is is that? You know, you mentioned that you got some play on six last night, which is brilliant, of course, that you got a spin on six. But uh, also, even even with six, apart from Peel, who is my, uh, along with several gajillion other people, is is is, is you know an, an idol when it when it comes to delivery, broadcasting delivery, because it's just absolutely effortless and organic. But Peel would at least go to the lens to tell you something about any given track, and and I've always, well. I've completely plagiarised that in, in terms of I, I'm a listener too. That's why this show, we're talking about nuances, uh, you know, and, and the little tidbits and added extras, whether whether it's the producer or whether it's uh, someone playing guest tambourine or whether it was, whether it was present. Pre- 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 these are things that people, I, I believe, want to know, but, but really have, modern, modern radio is, is kind of just taking it out to say, okay, how many songs can we squeak into 60 minutes? Yes, it's about it's it's, it's become consumerized, hasn't it? It's like music is a it's a strange thing, really, because um, you know with the, with the um, advent of burn technology to just copy something and burn a CD off that that's when it started, and you didn't have to necessarily buy it or own it, and it kind of cheapens it, just really. I think it does. I think it does, but it's culturally something that the the immediacy generation is something we contend with, and I'm thinking that. Just like people are going back to growing their own vegetables now, I think things are cyclical. We've seen the birth of vinyl, and I, I think I, I do seem to think that it, it, it kind of conflicts with consumerism because I'm not a big consumer per se. But ownership of a commodity means that me, I love owning it because of all the bells and whistles and the extras, and I love to read the lyrics, and I love to see who who produced it and, and who twiddled the knobs and all that stuff. But it's, yeah. it's it's something where I believe I'm actually getting value for money as well. I'm actually yeah. getting something that, that I can hang my hat on. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, I've taken up an awful lot of your time, you've been very benevolent, but I wanted to ask you, because it, it, is, it is important to me, that just wondering, contemporary-wise, the three of you, are there any bands out there that, that, that uh, I might not, the listenership might not be aware of, that you say, hang on, those are, those are doing some, some really good things. Um, any, any bands that you're particularly enamoured with at the moment? Yeah. The, uh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? It makes you look more jaded and insular. Oh, we don't listen to anybody else. I listen to anything new. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen, what are you listening to? Uh, I, uh, at the moment, I'm particularly liking... Uh, I'm a big fan of Fontaine's DC. Nice. Oh. Nice. Uh, and um, there's, a, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a female singer. She's like a poetess. Uh, it's on my son's label. My son has his own label called Chess Club Records. All oh, right. And yeah. it's a girl called Sinead O'Brien. I've never heard of that. I'm going to look that up. And, and is, she, is she... Uh, it's is... really good. Sinead O'Brien. And then the other thing I'm really loving recently is uh, Willie J. Healy. Have you heard his new album? I haven't, but uh, it's on my list. It's fantastic. It's uh, an album called Twin Heavy. Okay. By Willie J. Healy. And... Uh, I'm, I'm, I just think it's incredible. This guy's been around for about five years now. I actually did work with him about four or five years ago. Nothing much happened to that track. It kind of it was very early days when he was trying to get a deal, and he got a deal. But that deal didn't work out, and he's now been signed to you know the band the Maccabees. Absolutely, yes. 
Well, they've got a label. Since they split up, the two uh, Felix has started a label called Yala Records. Okay. And and really is on Yala Records, and the record he's made for them is superb. So that's definitely something to check out. Lovely. Well, I'm going to dig into those and get them on the show. There's some Shined O'Brien and, and Willie, Willie. I've heard of. I just I just haven't got the new record. It's on my. Well, you know the lists that we all have. They're about this long. And they stay that long because you chip away at them, and then you add some more. That's how it goes, unfortunately. What, what about the what about the pair of you gents? Uh, uh, you've had more time to think about it now. Well, I have. I've got one. I got one. Okay. Um, um, a, a band called Shame. Um, oh yes, they're fantastic. Um, who I quite like the kind of stranglerish belligerence. You know, yes. Around, you know, kind of. A bit growly, a bit it's a bit underproduced, um, isn't it? Uh, 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 for a term that I don't like using, but it is a bit underproduced, that one, isn't it? Well, yeah. But I do enjoy that. Um, yeah, it has a bit of attitude. And, I, and, I, and yeah, so I think that's my last purchase. Well, Shane. Because Shane, I, I saw Shane, I saw Fontaine's DC support Shane at the Kentish oh. uh, Town Forum. That's when I first came across Fontaine's DC. Oh, wow. How things have changed. Supporting them. I remember it was like two to one. I couldn't believe it. It was like a great night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all these fellas kind of doing a washing and everything. It was like going back to the punk days, but all slightly older. Yeah, no, I'll be. I'll be. All, all the followers are older. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be somewhere at the back observing. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I quite liked a band recently that I heard. Um, they're only a young band. And I think it's very early days for them, but a band called the Orioles. Oh, they're great, aren't they? From Hull. The singer has a lovely voice, and they have something, kind of takes me back to kind of like the Serge Gainsbourg kind of. Yes, yeah. Our music from France. Wow. Oh, I can hear you. Well, you know. Very haute couture. It's like I say, it's early days, but I thought what I'd heard of it. Seem quite promising, isn't it? Yeah, they're very good. Um, I forget, I forget the chap's name uh, from the the, tr the train set, but it's his daughter who's uh, who's front, front of that band. Yeah, the from your from your neck of the woods, from your neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah, we've had him on. We've had him on the show as well. Uh, they, they re-released that uh, their album, and it, and it really is a, a, a nice piece of work. Here's, here's a band for you. Just, just one band for for, for you three. To, I'd, I'd love to know your opinion, even sort of posthumously via email. But there's a band come out of Wigan called the Lathams. Have you heard of them? The Lathams. Yeah, the Lathams. Uh, a, hand, a handful of releases, uh, wax only uh, and digital. Uh, but they are they've got this beautiful, beautiful naivety about them, whereby. I hope to goodness that their naivety doesn't fizzle, but their releases thus far are just beautiful northern ditties, almost. Uh, the Lathams, yeah, They're certainly worth looking into. They've just been signed to modern, just been signed to Modern Sky. Right. Okay. I would definitely check that out. Well, I from Wigan, I used to really like the Tanzats. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bands. Um, I, I really like them. Yeah, I went to them a couple of times and. Enjoy very much the the kind of a dog on a string music. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because uh, you know from your neck of the woods too. We had, we had uh, Milltown Brothers on uh, a few weeks ago as well. Cause, cause, oh, cause... Enough, my, my friend Paul was talking about them last night because he's in the studio with them in Lancaster. Okay. The, the... My Paul Warms is producing them. All oh, right. A project called Green Hearts. I think it's the 
the, I think it's this um, the keyboard player out the band. Yeah. He sent me the tracks literally last night, uh, believe it or not. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Well, two degrees of separation, isn't it, gentlemen? If if oh. if, if if that, um, I've got I've got I've got I've got two last questions for you. Then I promise I'll let you go because you, you've got things to do. But I was hoping that, that that each one of you could choose a track each for me to play by by Bradford <laughs> to to be specific. Oh, well, that's that's sneaky because if we give them a new one off the new album, <laughs> yeah, then you've got to give then you've got to give me the track. Oh, you've got to choose one. Help me out here, because I, 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 I need you to be concerted. Um, oh. Okay, there you go. Okay, we've got one. Well, go. I'm going to choose a strange one, uh, a purely selfish thing, because uh, <coughs> Stephen and I um, worked on this one uh, <coughs> together, and it's Gang of One Revisited. Okay. Which is a strange choice. It's not a strongest song from back in the day. It's all kind of backwards guitar and experimental. And uh, we did it around at Stephen's house. So I'm just it's a fun I can't remember that. I completely. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, Stephen's an amnesiac. He's forgotten that one. Yeah. Gang of One Revisited. Brilliant. Gotcha. So I've got I've got Green and Pleasant Land. Gang of One Revisited. That's good. You you've gone. So it's Stephen's turn. I'm just looking at the, uh, the the original looking at the original BD here. It's fantastic. Uh, 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 I'm just thinking. Nice roulette. Well, put it this way: there are no wrong answers. There are no wrong answers, so you shouldn't be put under any pressure at all. And um, my last question, though, however, has Flummox the best of the, the best of interviewees? Uh, and it is quite simply. Um, Hypothetically, you're around my place after a successful Bradford gig, uh, which you will be playing live, uh, and you've got a hot beverage in your hand, and I come out of the pantry with the magic biscuit tin, and I say that you can choose any biscuit on God's green earth, past, present, or even futuristically, what biscuit would you choose? Oh, have to be Gary Baldy. Gary Baldy. There you go. I love the no hesitation. That's brilliant. <laughs> I lean towards more haughty type of biscuit because I think it's slightly healthy. Yeah, so, like a chocolate hobnob. Yeah, yeah, there it goes. Yeah. Okay, so, so we've got, oh, oh, again, chocolate hobnob, I've got, I've got to be pedantic here. Are we talking plain or milk? Oh, um, plain. <laughs> plain. Plain? Are, are we universally agreeing to plain? The reason I ask this, A, it's, 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 it's just a fun little thing to, to ask at the end. Two, it generally flummocks most most people. They think I've asked them to perform alchemy in their kitchen or something. I'm just asking what their favourite biscuit is. And, and then I've got this little infographic that I've been putting together over the years that puts artists next to their, adjacent next to their biscuits. It, uh, well, I'm not a big, I don't eat a lot of biscuits if I'm honest. Uh, I'm more the organic kind of veg growing type, you know. Yeah, but, but at a push, you, you choose a biscuit. Sorry? I'd be very interested to check out who's eating what. Well, I'll I'll send you. A, I, I must admit, I'm a little bit behind my infographic updating, <laughs> but I will add I will add your three to the chart, and I will dutifully provide an update in the next next little while. But in the meantime, in the meantime, really looking forward to bright hours, and and I'd like to thank you all immensely for your time, and 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 I know the listenership are really going to get a lot out of this 
Really looking to, forward to some more Bradford content and anything I can do, just, just hit me up and I'd love to share it with the audience. And in the meantime, thanks so much. Enjoy your Friday. Thank you, Dara. Thank you. We'll, we'll be in touch when the next single comes out. Yeah, we'll talk again then, yeah? All the very best. That sounds wonderful. Take care of yourselves. Cheers. Bye then. Cheers all. Well, ladies and gents, that's Bradford for you. Let's hear two more songs and uh, let's adhere to what's been requested. Let's hear Lust Roulette, uh, followed by the latest single, Like Water. Let's do that. 
Excited that there's a new Bradford album, the first Bradford album in 30 years. It's going to be out in the next few weeks, hopefully uh, January, I believe. Bright Hours is the name of the LP. We have heard three Bradford songs surrounding the interview with Ian, Ewan and Stephen. We heard Green and Peasant Land, Lust Roulette and the single Like Water for the new album. The teaser track, if you like, we have just heard bradfordukbandcamp.com. And I'd like to uh, engage you further, but first, thanking those gentlemen, thanking you for listening, of course, but to, to engage you further, I would like to uh, impress upon you the importance of listenership. I do this every week, well, not every week now, let's be honest, it's becoming every two or three weeks because it's a big production, but uh, I'm chucking these out as often as I can, these podcasts, so I'd like listeners, so if you know of anyone who uh, needs a musical education or someone who just loves music who's looking for more of it, please steer them my way, it'll be immensely appreciated. Thanks again to Bradford, thanks again to you, 
Thanks again to the uh, Plain Chocolate Hobnob and the Garibaldi. I'll be back next week with Andy Spearpoint, uh, ex of the new fads, with a new show, episode 154. In the meantime, be good to each other, be safe, and look after. Ta-ra. <laughs>